Welcome to the horological smorgasbord that is the Spending Time channel. We don't know what's on today's show. It could be an interview with a brand, an in-depth review of a watch, the introduction of a new podcast in the A Blog to Watch universe, or something entirely unexpected. But like the horological genius Forrest Gump said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So without further ado, let's open the lid on today's show. Enjoy! Well, we welcome to the show one of my favourite individuals in the watch world who I had the pleasure of meeting not at Watches and Wonders because he was only snuck in there by his other brand, but in the Bucherer Boutique on the top floor in Geneva. And that's Edward Melat from H. Moser and C. Edward, how are you? I'm very well. Yourself? Not bad at all. So did you have to go into Watches and Wonders under like a blanket or something in order to get in? No, no, no. I mean, they're they're very open to to us. I think we had a great relationship with uh, Watches and Wonders and the organizers for for years. I mean, we've been exhibiting with Moser since 2016. It's the first year that we decided not to go uh, with Moser uh, for different reasons, but Mm -hmm. we decided to go with Autelance. We are the owners of Autelance, and uh, therefore uh, there was no problem to get in there and actually to spend some time. Uh, it was interesting to see a lot of people coming and say, hey, where is Moser? And say, what are you doing with Autelance here? And uh, because a lot of people don't know the link between the two yes. brands. Yes. And was it a good show for Autelance? It was amazing. Uh, as I was mentioning to you, I think it's, uh, I think it, it, this is becoming uh, really the, the the wonder week of watchmaking. Um, there was a bit of a of a few years which were a little bit not here, not there, and uh, I think it's going into the right directions. Not everything is perfect, but makes us also on the Moser side think about what do we want to do next year, and uh, we're in, uh, in the middle of that reflection and thoughts at the moment. Well, as soon as you've finished reflecting, do come on the show and tell us all about it. But we have you on to speak about a very significant watch to me and one which I am personally renaming as the Streamliner Center Second Scottish Smoked Salmon Dial. Because I think you need to declare your interest here, Edward. You need to pick a country. It's either Scottish or Norwegian smoked salmon so we, we, we had we had a lot of discussions about that but you're right it's uh it's definitely scottish <laughs> excellent so this is a beautiful and i got the chance to see it in geneva a beautiful uh smoked salmon dial so explain to me why you wanted to do this what uh, salmon dial is a well-known thing in the watch industry but yours unlike many others is actually a smoked salmon dial it actually looks the way that it is described. <laughs> so yeah, salmon has been quite quite of a of a of a big theme, and and we see a lot of watches coming in uh, in the market in the recent years. And when we decided a couple of years ago that we, there would be the next, what is was not a couple of years ago because we we it, it, it took a lot of discussions. But you know, we have the Green Dragon, which is our base center second that we launched in um, I think if I remember well, end of August two thousand and twenty. Um, so it's been it's been a while. It was like the second model of a, of the of the streamliner that we launched. Um, amazing success of that watch, and we said, you know, it's a good time to um, to uh, to discontinue it. But what comes next? The idea is uh, is to have something that that we bring to the market for a year because we are in the process of of doing some evolutions in those different collections. So mm-hmm. the streamliner, center second, Scottish smoked salmon is uh, is is going to be released. 
set tomorrow, but then it's going to be available for about a year. And um, and yeah, we wanted something that is different from the first one. Um, you, we wanted something that plays maybe with more classic colors, mm -hmm. a little bit less of uh, Moser is known, you know, for the funky blue, the Arctic blue, the the Swiss matte red, the the cosmic green, the matrix green. So very vibrant colors. Here we wanted a, a more subtle color, but keeping the vibrancy, the depth, the energy uh, in the in the color. And we had a lot of discussion. We, we went in many different di directions from you know the the, the traditional or the, our original fumé, which is the the gray fumé. Um, we considered uh, purple. We considered champagne fumé. We we considered dif different things, but we always came back to the Scottish smoked salmon, and uh, and that's what win. There was Thanks. a lot of discussion whether it's it's salmon or not. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, what what makes uh, dial salmon? And uh, you know, there's a long process for us to make our smoky salmons, mm -hmm. and uh, and I think the result is a little bit different from what you expect when you think salmon. Salmon is very sometimes very pink, but as soon as soon as you smoke it, it becomes a little bit more. Should I say like um, yeah? There's this nice patina coming on top of it, so it's less red. It's becoming more gold, copper, uh, yeah, smoked salmon style. So the use of a thousand different herbs and spices to get it just this color? Yeah, it requires a lot of, wor of work there. You know, I fly fish all those fishes myself, and then mm -hmm. we we uh, we massage them, and then uh, uh, we smoke them. Um, and then we I think we even dip them in the old Scottish whiskey to get that <laughs> very fine color that the, we have on the dial. Yeah. Yeah, it's part of the of the press release. We, we just there's been so many discussions as we started showing it to people and discussions about whether it's salmon or not. And well, it's the Moser salmon. Well, it's a smoky. Just... It's a very special sort of salmon that it's very difficult to uh, to get, and it is our salmon. Yeah, you can just quote us. End and of say, the discussion. We say it's salmon, so you've got the you know Scottish person says it's salmon. So there you go. You just quote us. <laughs> Thank you very Good much. Good stuff. Good stuff. So what else differs on this watch from the standard? Is there anything in particular other than the color? Well, the, it's really on the dial. Uh, the other element is that it's brushed. Uh, until now, we only use the brushed dials on the first limited edition we did on the Streamliner, if you remember back in, in January 2020. That's when we launched the Streamliner, beginning of the COVID. Um, a lot of uncertainty, we decided to go. I mean, after so many years of work, and launched the, the Streamliner Flyback Chronograph, limited edition, 100 pieces with a gray fumé dial with the brushed effect which was something new to us. And then we said we will keep it only for special editions. Mm -hmm. And that's why now, since it's it's not a limited edition, but it's an, uh, an edition for one year, we decided to use the, the, the brush instead of the sunburst, which is the traditional Moser uh, dial mm -hmm. finishing in, uh, in our dials. Well, it's a particularly attractive watch. I say I have already seen it, so I encourage anyone that gets the chance to see it. it it's will... a very vibrant dial. Yeah, I it mean, is. It's, it's lovely. It's it, depending on the angle, it it comes it becomes almost like a like a completely black dial. Yes, and then you turn it around, and it it can be very. Um, I mean, you see the the shades of of this fumé gold mm. uh, salmon color, and then it can become almost like a, a mirror. So uh, that's what I like about those kind of dials. It's how they catch the light and how they. They um they really play with uh with the luminosity with the reflections and uh, if you're outside inside if you look at it in different angles you would see a different watch. It sounds like people may have trouble getting hold of these because it sounds like you're going to hoard them all yourself, just to set up 
Uh, well, I need to catch like enough colors. You know, I need to go and catch the fly, the the, the salmon first. But uh, <laughs> I mean, we had we had trouble coping with um, with uh, production on the uh, on the green. So mm -hmm. I'm sure this one will be another nightmare. But at the same time, we like to keep things rare. Yeah. And again, I think the 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 green might come back in the future. Um, we are we transferred well, we transformed the brand or evolved with our brand towards a, a transparent logo across mm -hmm. our collection. And it's a process. So the green was with the old uh, white logo. Mm -hmm. Eventually, if it comes back, we'll have a transparent logo. So that's why we have uh, uh, introduced this to kind of bring the the green dragon with the the the, the original white logo. Uh, to an end, and then eventually, maybe next year, maybe in two years, maybe whenever we will launch the uh, the new edition of the of the Green Dragon, which I think is still part of our iconic uh, products. Yes, absolutely. And when will this watch actually first be available? Well, if everything goes well. I mean, we're launching it. Um, I don't know if I can mention the date, but I think it's uh, yeah, Wednesday this week, nineteenth uh, of April, mm -hmm. if I'm correct. Natalie can correct me otherwise. Yes, and then. Uh, the way usually when we launch, we we start delivering in small quantities. So uh, don't expect uh, to have a hundred uh, <laughs> in the stores right away. Um, uh, you know, we we probably produce about two hundred of those. So uh, mm -hmm. it's going to take a year uh, to get the, those two hundred. So about twenty a month, something like this. And uh, and yeah, they'll be they'll be uh, they'll be out there hopefully in the stores as we start talking about it. Problem right now is supply in this industry, especially on on the bracelets. So we have a, quite a few watches ready. We just uh, need to finish the bracelets. And uh, to be honest, I don't even know. We are the seventeenth of April. I don't know how many will be ready by the end mm -hmm. of this month. Yeah, it sounds crazy, but it's the reality of our industry. Yes, it does seem to be a harsh reality in many of the watch suppliers that both large and small. But what else can we expect to? see you later in the year some other novelties on the way well definitely quite a few uh you know since we're not at watches and wonders we have a little bit more freedom to uh to to release some watches along the way um we're gonna have a, a new edition of, a, of our uh, streamliner chronograph actually a couple of editions so i'm not gonna mm. say too much but i hinted before changes of logo um uh, so we we will have definitely the the streamliner chronograph evolve with a, a transparent logo and, and a little bit of changes on the movement side, very soon. Um, and then we will have something very special, which is a, an, a boutique only. We we have started opening our own boutiques, mm -hmm. uh, Hong Kong a few months ago. We just opened Shanghai. We have a couple of other boutiques um, uh, along the um, around the world. We also uh, have now in Hong Kong. And in New York, what we call the the Moser Land, it's like our our lounges where uh, our offices are, but also where you can go and discover the 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 entire collection and um, you know, even buy uh, some of those products. So um, we are creating what we call the a boutique exclusive, also in the Streamliner. But uh, as I said, it's very difficult to uh, to source bracelets, so uh, we might have uh, uh, a solution by uh, providing a version that doesn't feature the Moser bracelet to start with mm. and where you can add the bracelet later on once we have you know, possibility, uh, the capacity to uh, to deliver them. So that's a bit of a hint for you uh, of what's coming. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you, Edward, for joining us today uh, to do highly 
recommend that everybody checks this out at a blog to watch.com when the pictures start hitting the media so thank you for joining us ed have a great day my pleasure and uh always ready to answer your questions Welcome to Watchlist, the show where we can create as many lists as we like in the confident knowledge Ariel will never listen, because we all know how he hates lists. I'm Jack. And I'm Christy, and we felt that Ariel had left a gap in the market because of his aversion to lists. And while we may not be able to tell you the ins and outs of a GG LeCoultre Hybris Mechanica 11 Master Ultra Thin Minute Repeater Flying Tourbillon, we certainly have opinions about it. Side note, I think I actually quite like the peripheral Ultra Cutouts. This week we're discussing our top five watches that make us wish we'd stopped at the sundial. Each of us will bring three suggestions for the list and at the end of the show we'll pick our top five and ditch one. The one we ditch will go and join Ariel in a place where there are no lists. Just before we begin, I actually found this very difficult. It was hard to only choose three watches and I think that there were so many different ways that we could interpret the brief. So I'm actually very excited to see what you've brought. So let's get started. I am going to begin with the Myers Lady Beach Diamonds I Love You Watch. Oh my <laughs> life! Oh, oh no! Ew! Oh, that's horrible! Why? And you know the blurb is so funny. It oh says, my life. Express your love with diamonds. Feel young, beautiful, and romantic all the time. If that was how someone was expressing their love to me, I, you know, it's concerning. From a practical point of view, can you imagine how many things you would catch? Oh, those that's dreadful. On? You could not have any form of knitwear. None, ever. No cashmere anything. No any anything. It's all going to rip. If you're wearing this, you have no taste. You will not have cashmere. Probably not. This is horrible. It's bad. I mean, I'd like to think oh, this yeah. is in the top five, but the other things are not much better, so you never know. Oh, no. I, I, I do wish that this was a YouTube at this point because your face was brilliant. How did you find this? Uh, you know, I have my ways. <laughs> Pretty Why good. would you spend $8,000? Euros? Yeah. What sign is that? I think that it's That's a euros. euros. Yeah. Why would you spend 8,000 euros on this? But also, why would you think that that says I love you? I mean, express your well, love. Well, I mean, it, it, it does. It does well, say it I does love you. Well, it does actually say I love you. You are correct. <laughs> it literally spells <laughs> out letter by letter. I just wouldn't be feeling oh. very loved. It looks also, so tacky. Also, this has to be a gift. You couldn't buy it for yourself. For yourself. <laughs> That's such a good point. It's such a good point. You've been gifted this by someone. Per you. Yeah. I mean, mercifully, you and I haven't been gifted this by anyone. I know. Praise that... the Lord. Indeed. That is okay. absolutely gross. Although I have to say, at least, I mean, this is clearly a lady's watch. Well. <laughs> what man is going to be wearing this? Although really, what women should wear well, this? I was going to say, what anyone's going to be wearing this at this point? <laughs> someone it feels like no something self-respect. from Claire's accessories. Well, that's the other thing. It's so tacky. Mm -hmm. It's so tacky. Yeah. Well, I am well and truly repulsed. Thanks for starting yep. us off that way. <laughs> so well. I feel I've gone in a very different direction. Okay. I'm going to start with Jacob and Co. Good choice. Some <gasps> of the things I... <laughs> Some of the things I actually really like, but I'm bringing the Grand Five Time Zone watch to our attention. Dear it has, as goodness. it says, five time zones. It's basically five mini watches all on a watch face in a sort of pentagon situation and it has a crown for each each one 
So I just think it's ridiculously excessive. For whom is this useful? The number of things that I'm thinking at this point. Bizarrely, it's only 47 mil. It looks like it's much bigger than that. So it says, perfect for any world explorer. But you can't be in all these places at once. Is this like a watch for if you have a girl in every port? Because that's the only way... (laughs) It's the only way I can see this being useful for you. But also, surely if you're a world explorer and you want lots of time zones information, you're just going to have an Apple Watch at this point. I mean, this is five Uh time zones. It's excessive. I just think it's not very useful and it doesn't look very nice. It's not repulsive. It's not good though. uh And I was just like, what is the point? And it just felt a bit ridiculous. Surely it's uncomfortable to wear. Yeah. When you have that many, like that's more crowns than the royal family. It's not important (laughs) at that point. (laughs) That feels like it'd be a list all of its own. Watches with more crowns than the royal family. (laughs) Next week. (laughs) So there you go. Not super crazy, but I just thought it was ridiculous and worth being shared. Certainly worth being shared. I feel a little bad at this point because this is going to feel like we're picking on a brand. Oh no! Because my next watch is a Jacob & Co. Oh, now, <laughs> seriously? My watch is more expensive than yours. Uh-huh. It's $20 million. Why? What is it? It's the billionaire timeless treasure. Oh, it's new. My word. It's meant to be, you know, the best thing since sliced bread. It was actually launched in 2015, the website says. But as I understand it, this new iteration is new at 20 million dollars it looks like it's literally a light all on its own it looks like a chandelier Uh ah that's horrible calling it a chandelier is almost generous it's just horrific (laughs) this is one this is one of these times when you're like just because you can doesn't mean you should also i hate that it's so flat it's just like a bracelet with a thing in the middle totally and the green is horrid Mm. i'm a big green fan but not not like this no not like this but what's alarming is There were a couple of people I spoke to who were all about the jewels and thought, you know, maybe it was fabulous. Really? Mm -mm. Yeah. But we won't name names. At a blog to watch? (laughs) I'm just not going to say anything at this point. They know who they are. (laughs) Oh dear. Just know, whoever you are, I'm very disappointed. Some people think that more diamonds is just better, always. You and I, not so much. No. No. It just makes me sad. And you know what's even worse? I've just noticed in the picture that there's a hand holding the watch... Uh-huh. In the glove, I, I've been so distracted by like the glare <laughs> that it's the watch. I didn't notice the hand. I thought it was on some stand. Rather, I'm like, oh, there's actually a hand there. I mean, yeah, there you go. There aren't words. That's horrible. I'm thinking there's better ways to spend my twenty million. Yeah, that's the classic tale of money doesn't buy taste. Oh, nope, it really doesn't. But there it you says go. Says a pinnacle of creation. Really? See if you scroll down to the guy that's wearing it. I mean. It looks like oh, it should jeepers. be. <laughs> it looks like it should be some sort of entry into a club. Or, I didn't realize like, it would be that huge. It's like a a, a wrestling belt, a boxing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> WWF. Yes, it's like a bracelet version of that. It's not good. Somebody wow. out there is loving it, but yeah, not me. No. Also, it must be heavy. Ooh, that information must be in there somewhere, but that might take us some time to find out. We'll get back to that next week. We'll maybe put in, you know, we could drop it in the show notes. Oh, here's technical specifications. Though I'm not sure they put in weight. Oh, total gold weight, 297 grams. Total carat weight. Oh, that's all lost in me. It's not going to be light. I mean, no. (laughs) 
And so I feel at this point we've just had two Jacob and Co watches. So I'm really sorry, Jacob and Co. I realize you make incredibly, incredible timepieces, just not these last two for us. And there's a whole bundle of other things that I could have included in this. Yes. Like Jacob and Co. sometimes really get it right, and then other times, not so much. They need to have a bit of a think. Yeah. My next one. I'm just here to kind of bring the tone back to kind of vaguely normal. It's a Haldeman H9 reduction watch. I'm sorry to bring this up because it angers so many people. Because. Are, are, so are you looking at the watch currently? I am looking. I'm sort of speechless. Sorry. So what can you see on the watch? Nothing. Precisely. The point is, it's apparently underneath the crystal, it does actually have hands that tell the time. Okay. It is actually a watch, but it has a completely black crystal. So how do you get it to tell the time? Do you have to shake it? It doesn't. It never tells the time. That is the whole point. You're joking? No. So you're wearing something that is ticking away, doing a job, for no purpose? Mm Mm-hmm. So the whole point is, they're saying, what makes a watch a watch? And I've always thought, tells the time? Yeah. That's like fairly standard. I mean, that's what we said last week. It's like the fundamental role of a watch. Tell the time. And this doesn't tell the time. Also, I think it's funny maybe once. You turn up, all your watch friends are like, hey, what's the time? And you're like, hey, I actually don't know, because look, I have this stupid watch. So, you know, funny once, get away with it once. And then after that, it's just a monumental waste of money. At 150,000 Swiss francs. You're kidding me. For a glorified bracelet. I was going to say to you at this point, I was just looking for the price, and I was actually going to say, surely you'd be better off with a bracelet. Well, yes. And that's the point. And so it's like, oh, it's an art piece. It's an art installation on your wrist. Well, then make it just an art installation. What's the point with the time? Yep. I just think it's trying to be clever and funny, but actually just annoying. And the only helpful thing about this watch is that it's shown me that I think I might need therapy because of how angry I can get at an (laughs) inanimate object. That is the only thing I've learned from this watch. And I think, I think... I can now appreciate a watch with a decent concept. Yes. I can kind of accept that sometimes they'll be really wishy-washy and a bit stupid. But I can understand where you're coming from. This, too far. Yeah. Don't don't even try. I'm not familiar with the brand. Is it Haldeman, did you say? I don't know. But I think there's a reason why we're not familiar with them, because it just makes everybody angry and why would someone have this watch? And I think they should remain unknown, even though I'm giving them airtime. We're going to struggle to get this down to five. I'm just telling you that now. Well, I just thought the reason, like, it's just, it's so stupid. Why are we letting people change what a watch is? It's not a philosophical... (laughs) Philosophical? (laughs) It's definitely not philosophical. (laughs) It's not a philosophical experiment. Yes. Over here. I'm trying to work out how long I have for lunch and when I need to go to this meeting. So yeah. just tell me the time and give me a sundial. Yeah, you definitely anyway. need the sundial in this situation. Definitely. Uh-huh. It's easier. In Scotland, a sundial would be more useful than that. <laughs> You're saying it like it is, truly. Anyway, please calm me down with your next one. Oh, I don't well, think you will calm me down. I don't think I'm going to because it's so bad. So my final offering for this list is the Montegrappa Chaos Watch, which truly is revolting. 
more disgusting than <gasps> I can possibly imagine. And I have to say, I, there were a few from this brand that I could be putting forward at this point. I don't know who's buying this. It, I, I, the middle of it looks like a carriage clock. The outside, you know, <laughs> so the middle of it looks like it belongs to your granny. The bezel, <laughs> if you can call it that, looks like it's, you know, walked off some sort of strange... I don't know, party decoration for Halloween is <laughs> just like... It's like if a tattoo was made 3D out of yes. gold. Yes. Yes. And with a carriage clock in the middle. I mean, that's what's so ridiculous about it. The middle does not belong to the outside. I mean, the outside is also horrific, but it's not a good situation. The inside you could at least get away with. The outside, not so much. No. It's bad. Oh dear. It's out of stock. What a shame. Well, I did see that and I was kind of like... Mm because you stopped making them or because actually so many people bought them I just can't decide wait is Sylvester Stallone well I've just read that I'm sorry wearable chaotic treasures how how is this wearable what outfit does this go with it's an odd situation Sylvester Stallone wears it I mean maybe that tells you the whole story mm. there you go my final offering I have to say I don't think I'm gonna ever get that no wow okay my final offering of the day is the Vacheron Constantine Celestia Astronomical Grand Complication 3600. Which, actually, I think looks fairly good. You don't seem to agree? I, I'm sad because I really like Vacheron Constantine. And so why do you not like this? Yeah, I w well, it's, it's just a strange... I'm just sad that they have made a watch like this. So can I read you all the things that it has on it? Go for it. So it starts off. Hours. Minutes. So that's better than my previous watch, to be honest. True. Hours. Minutes. Perpetual calendar. Day-night indication. Precision moon phase. All fairly okay at this point. Then we get to age of the moon. Running oh. equation of time. Sunrise and sunset time. Day and night length. Seasons. Solstices. <laughs> equinoxes and zodiacal signs. Tide level indicator, sun-earth-moon conjunction, opposition and quadrature, transparent <laughs> sky chart of the northern hemisphere with indication of the Milky Way of the ecliptic and celestial equator, hours and minutes of side real time, tourbillon, three weeks of power reserve, and a power reserve indication. Three weeks? I mean, that's actually I know, I was, I was at, yeah. <laughs> it, The <laughs> thing is, it's an extremely impressive watch and I think it's brilliant, but there's so much! Why doesn't you... it tell me my bath time as well? This is ridiculous. <laughs> but you've gone from two extremes. You've got literally a dial with nothing on it to a dial that's got enough information for four watches. Uh, it's, if Google was a watch, this would be it. It's telling you everything you need to do, everything you need to know and more. Also, I just love the list that they have, how it starts off hours and minutes and perpetual calendar and, you know, day-night indication. And then it ends on... Power Reserve and Turbion, and in the middle it is pure chaos <laughs> with everything. But I would argue, do, do people actually know what any of these things actually are? I mean, do people even I have don't. an awareness that they need that information? It's like it's trying to be a smartwatch without Wi-Fi. Oh wow, yes. And it's literally just presenting you everything all at once. Everything everywhere all at once. This is that watch inspired by the film. The film. Or maybe the film was inspired by it. By the watch. There are things which I do like about it in that sort of the background dial color is nice. <laughs> if there is much <laughs> of a background dial, you know, like you are seeing that there is something there. And, you know, the bezel so you like is nice. It's like a gray black situation. Yeah. <laughs> much apart from that, I'm not going to lie. things that make it plain and reserved, you appreciate. 
Yes. Apart from that, it's lost me. But also, who who is anyone that actually owns that? I mean, we've had lots of conversations about the fact that people probably own watches that they don't understand in that they don't understand one or two of the complications or what their watch that they've had for however many years actually mm-hmm. does. But my thing with this one is how many people that would own this watch would actually be able to explain or list off all the things it's doing and how many people would just be going, look, this is fancy. Well, only seven of these watches were made so ah. I don't think many people are actually struggling with it. this. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I first saw this, I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. And I hate this so much. And the more time I've spent looking at it, I was going to say with it. I have never seen one in person. If you're one of the seven people and you want to make friends with me, go for it. But I like now I have such an appreciation for it because think of like how clever that has to be to be able to fit. I mean, it's not the tiniest watch ever, but to be able to fit all of that in one place. And make it all work and be accurate. That is staggering. I, I I will say that. I mean, that is staggering. And I think it's one thing to be able to appreciate the the ability to create that and to mm-hmm. put it into you know one little small dial. You know, I mean, I realize it's not a small dial, but it's it's not a computer screen. You know, like mm-hmm. yes, I am impressed. However, I, I'm I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, I you know, it's saying it's got hours, minutes, whatever really mm-hmm. does it because i can't i know see. this is the thing i would need to like actually have an instruction manual of what things are and when and why and you know yeah so that was just it, it, it's kind of gone to the extreme and i you know it's purposeful they haven't i don't think they've done this to be like oh this will actually be useful they've done it to be creative yeah i'm assuming i haven't spoken to them directly and but, creativity you know. is good and important yes and to be encouraged yes. so i do appreciate it as i've said but it just felt slightly ridiculous and so i am appreciating it but also a sundial's easier yeah but i'm slightly comforted that vacheron haven't actually done a watch that is just awful mm, yeah it, so it's good i mean i haven't looked at all their watches they might have one that's horrific but there you go so we now have our six to choose our top five from and i think this is going to be difficult I don't know what to ditch, but I feel like maybe out of sympathy for them, we should ditch one of the Jacobin Co's just because we don't want to have two Jacobin Co watches in one list. But I think they both should be on there. I want to keep all three of yours. Do you? Mm-hmm. Ah. Well, your first one is definitely staying. I love you, watch. Absolutely. I don't even have the words. It's grotesque. It's vile. I think you and I were so offended by sort of like that kind of naff sort of I love you gesture as well. I think for people, for women like us, the sort of thought that a man would think they were doing us a favor by giving us that is offensive. uh So it's not just the watch, but yeah. Yeah, I think like if any man, if the love of my life gave me that in the bin straight away, like no hesitation, you are gone. Watch and man, or just... Oh, I was meaning just the man, because you can sell the watch and make money. Oh, it's all coming out now. You need to think long term, okay? I think it could be between my... I think the H9 reduction watch that doesn't actually tell the time, because I actually don't want it to have the satisfaction of being on the list. Because it's not even a watch. Uh Uh-huh. Like, technically it is, but then they're trying to be all philosophical about it, and that bugs me. Fair. Okay. However, though, isn't that actually just like answering our question of why it should be on the list? <laughs> We're never gonna get. There's just no chance. 
How about we put them in order and then the sixth one will naturally become the sixth one? Yeah, okay. Is one the I Love You watch? Without question. Fabulous. Two, I think Monty Grappa needs to come next. The Chaos watch. <laughs> well, no, but then I'm... Okay, yes, fair. But then I'm also looking at your billionaire timeless treasure. I'm thinking, that needs to be top. Maybe this week, all five are top. <laughs> all six are top? It's the premise of our show. Something has to go. Yeah, I know. We need to gift one of these watches to Ariel. Oh dear. I don't think that's how we make friends. <laughs> Should we send him the I love you watch and see how he reacts? He's maybe got one already. You never know. Oh man. Poor guy. Okay, well, we're keeping the Vacheron Constantine one in. Yeah. Although actually no, because is it just so impressive that... <laughs> Is this an answers in a postcard situation? We get the audience to do it? I feel like we can't do that second episode in. No, it's it's requiring a lot from our listener. Z- listener, who knows? <laughs> right, I feel in terms of ditching, I think it's either the reduction watch or your Jacob and Co one. Or my Jacob and Co. I think. I mean, probably there's going to be a lot of people out there who like the Jacob and Co it's the new snazziest most fabulous thing so maybe that is the one we should ditch i just hate all of them like none of them make me appreciate watches although actually (laughs) this is gonna be so hard to edit okay 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 oh no i'm actually gonna do something controversial because the vacheron constantine is actually impressive and we can appreciate it i no, i think we yeah i think we ditch that and it's not part of our list because we can we can appreciate it so i think that that should be our sixth one that ariel gets to have yeah. Although if there's only seven, I don't think we're going to be able to buy him one. Mm. Well, eventually we can have contact. Is this a new additional part of the show, which is that the sixth watch from any list gets sent to Ariel? Because I think that's not in our budget. <laughs> I'm just I saying, mean, I'm glad at this point that it wasn't the $20 million one, because otherwise we've got proper problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see the logistics of doing this. But okay, so we, we've got rid of Vacheron Constantine because we love it so much. Or, yeah. you know. Vaguely. Respect. Number one, we need to have I Love You Watch. Then <laughs> I can't say all of it. I feel like you're going to feel more strongly than I am. I feel like maybe the reduction watch should go in number two. Really? It's pointless. It's not a reduction watch. It's a bracelet. True. Go for it. And then Monte Grappa. Oh yeah. At three. And then Jacob and Co. Grand Five. And then Jacob and Co. I think your Jacob and Co. comes before mine. I Do think, think yours is worse. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Jacob and Co. Billionaire Timeless. I mean, it's a timeless treasure, apparently. Wow. I think you'll find the timeless treasure is my reduction watch. See, every time it says reduction watch, I th- watch all I can think of is like cooking, you know, when you're to like reduce a sauce and or like... Like spinach. Yeah, well, that's more like the spinach shrink. <laughs> shrink but yeah. And then the Jacob and Co. Grand Five Time Zone. There we go. So let's go through that properly. <laughs> let's do that. At number five, at number five, we have the Grand Five Time Zone from Jacob and Co. Because actually, although it's ridiculous, it's not that bad, comparatively. Number four, the Jacob & Co. Billionaire Timeless Treasure. The most expensive watch that no one's going to own, thankfully. Gross. Number three, the Montegrappa Chaos Watch. No explanation needed. Needed. None. Number two, the Haldeman H9 Reduction Watch. It's a reduction of common sense, a reduction of... Anything, really. <laughs> and coming up top, <laughs> at number one, Lady Beach Diamonds, I Love You Watch. I think, hands down, oh, that's funny, hands down, the <laughs> worst watch I have ever, ever seen. seen. That's saying something, because we've looked at some bad oh, watches. Yeah. So there well, you go. That was a lot of fun. That's our top five watches that 
make us wish they stopped at the sundial. Truly. And next week, we're going to compile a list of our top five yellow watches. Hopefully that will be easier. I'm assuming there are fewer yellow watches to choose from. I think you'd be surprised. Really? Yeah. Mm. Well, people seem to like the color yellow. I would never be caught dead in it, but there we go. There you go. And on that note, goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Well, it's Watches and Wonders time again, and I am sitting in the lovely Bell & Ross stand in the even lovelier Bell & Ross lounge with Carlos from Bell & Ross. Carlos, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody that's listening? Hello, I'm happy to speak with the Black to Watch and uh, the co-founder of Bell & Ross and uh, the CEO. This is our first edition in Watches and Wonders. So we're very happy to be among all the beautiful manufacturers. After four years of uh, with no fairs, no Basel, but here, once again, with the Geneva, the atmosphere, and all the people who are in Watches and Wonders, I think it's a place to be when you drive a manufacturer. Yeah, so is it a bit like going from being at the smaller school as you grew up as a child and then suddenly you go to the big school and everything's just mm, bigger say, and brighter. Uh, what I would say is that it's it's a salon where you have a selection, a selection of brands. Uh, we are very happy to be among. It's, it's a selection of manufacturers. And I think um, it drives uh, customers, it drives uh, all the people who are interested in high-end uh, luxury watchmaking. And this makes all the difference. Um, it's more selective, less quantity, but with a lot of quality. Mm. And how do you feel about coming from Paris across to here? Yeah. Obviously, well, like Grand Seiko, who are maybe a slightly further away, a lot of the brands are very concentrated that are here around Switzerland and around Geneva. And you're coming and traveling in does it feel different because of the journey you've made? Uh, you're speaking about uh, the the atmosphere in Geneva. Yes. 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 I think uh, it's uh, very quiet, very neat, very uh, well organized, and with a very nice selection of brands. I mean, uh, today in here in the uh, we are the only new major brands who have been added to this selection, and we're one of the twenty five manufacturers that are in this salon so i think this is a great honor because uh, because um, i think uh, uh, the crowd is fantastic yes now we've already done an interview on a blog to watch talking about the actual releases yes so what we want to talk about today was a little bit more about the strategy yeah and obviously coming to watches and wonders yes is a big part of the strategy yeah you've obviously got your own in-house yes. caliber yes which is also yes. part of the strategy yes. so tell us as the founder co-founder of bell and ross just the journey you're on as you know bell and ross is known for the instrumentation, the the move that we have done inspired by aviation, and when we have moved with the instrument from the cockpit to the waist, this was a major move. It was in 2005. This is the professional field. The second pillar of the brand is what we have launched in 2019, which was the BO5. It's 
this the line that we are just in front of you that you are seeing and it's what we call for urban explorer it's more the civil use and last year we have introduced a new line which is x5 x5 is i think the quintessence of our combination of expertise between the strengths of the design something very unique with a sophisticated sandwich case multi-material etc plus the knowledge in the movement it means it has the body and it has the substance in it with the movement and we have done that this move with a great partnership with Kennedy, who has developed a movement for us Kennedy uh, has done an incredible job because we wanted to have a long power reserve 70 hours with an indicator on of this power reserve on the dial which is located at nine o'clock with a large dead window um, indicating also the three days uh, of the date and with uh, the cost certification the, for the precision and for reliability with a five years warranty and this was made possible because Kennedy has uh, incredible knowledge to do manufacturing movement and to when they accepted to do something specific for Ben and Ross, we were very honored. And I think the, with X5, it's a good combination of the body and what is inside the, the watch, which is the movement. So uh, I think that, um, you know, for the uh, manufacturer, is a, it's a long road. And when we have been uh, adding a long time ago, some incredible movements. I remember with Vincent Calabrese, what we have done for the jumping hour. I remember Pierre Fab. I remember all the tourbillons. I remember the sapphire pieces that we have launched. But it was, or, or the, the skull, the skull, which is a long saga. We began in 2009 and today with the cyber skull, which is obviously, it's an automat with a, uh, also a manufacturing movement. But it was Every time with a craftsmanship approach, it was a limited edition. It was uh, not uh, many pieces. Today with X5, we're going into another road, which is more industrial, which is more quantitative. It's not, it's a series, it's a collection, like the O5 is a whole collection. And it's not just a limited edition that is a talking piece. It's something with a long-term plan and with an industrial plan in terms of production. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can tell just by looking at you as you speak how excited you are about where the brand is going with this new movement. So what actually is next? What is the next stage? Uh, is it going to be a diminishing of the older non-in-house, non-Kinesi movements? and moving the brand forward in that way? Or are we actually going to see entirely new lines mm -hmm. coming out of Bell & Ross that even move away from the instrument side of things? Or, or is the instrument so core to what you do? I see your point. Um, well, I would respond both ways. Uh, Developing the manufacturing movement is something which is key. And of course, with a partnership like Kennedy, is fantastic. But also, we are working on the existing movement and you can upgrade. For instance, 
having a better power reserve, having something more specific, having something that makes that you upgrade the technicity. And this is the art of watchmaking. It means that when you work with great watchmakers, when you work with great engineers, you are constantly upgrading your work. It's Watchmaking is the combination between, I mean, the way we, we see at Bell & Ross watchmaking is what we call a combination of expertise, design, follow, forms follow function, but second, engineering, watch manufacturing, and professional use. And we combine all that, we are every year upgrading the technicity of a product whether it is by the body, by the materials, for the case, for instance, with new materials that we, we are introducing, or inside the movement. And of course, when you go the manufacturer way, it's like it's a marathon. It means that you don't rush, but you see the long term and you upgrade every year, every year, but having great partnership. And this is why we are so happy, obviously, with Kennedy, but you can do also this job with other partners. It means that um, it's it's a technical it's a technical challenge for all the line, and to at the end make that the end user the the watch lover appreciate because they appreciate not only the body, not only the design, but what is inside. Now it's interesting to hear you speak about Kennedy, and one of the things I've noticed going around a number of the Maisons at Watches and Wonders this year is how much more open a number of the brands are about working with other brands. True. Whereas four or five years ago, it was all about in-house, we're doing our own thing, mm -hmm. we don't share, mm -hmm. we don't talk about even who we use as suppliers, True. True. which has never been the Bell and Ross way. How... Do you, you got it. How do you find it okay, now that other people are doing what you do? Okay, oh, okay. In Bell and Ross, for the ones who know the brand, there is the Bell, the designer. I'm the Ross, but the most important is what is at the center, the end percent. Mm -hmm. Since day one, we have a strong logo full of symbols. If you look at our logo, it's it's the signage of a watch with the buckle, with the strap, and in the middle, the, the, the movement, the watch. But it's also the power of what is in the middle of our logo, which is the ampersand. And the ampersand has been since day one in our philosophy, which is what I call union of expertise. And we have been very open mind and also stating how we have been doing, uh, working with other parties because I think that the collaboration is something that it's a nice exchange. It means that when you're working with a bright watchmaker, a bright engineer, the common ideas between the creation and between the Tutting City, when they combine, they have a strong power. If you only look, uh, you know, I remember there was uh, one time a journalist who asked me what is the difference between French watchmaking, Swiss watchmaking, German watchmaking. And I was I responding the point of view. And it's true. It means that uh, if you see only through the angle of the, the... Some engineers will say, oh, it's only the material, etc. And, and you have the engineering point of view. German. 
probably. <laughs> if you look to the Swiss watchmaking, it will be maybe more with the watchmaker point of view. But I think the creation, the design also is important. And when you combine all that and you think about your end user, and for instance, the professional user, then you have a balance of the watch that makes, I think, is much more balanced. And, and it's absolutely true. It means that since day one, Bell and Ross has been in this state of mind. And today I see more and more collaboration. Um, we have done, uh, I mean, we always love to do collaboration, whether it is on the, on the engineering part, on the watchmaking, or even recently with the Alain Silverstein collaboration or with other, it was for even for the design part. And I think it, it enriches the brand when the, mo the important is that the collaboration makes sense and that you have a common feeling. If you collaborate with people that you don't have a s sensibility uh, in common, it makes the work very difficult. Mm -hmm. So we've spoken about the where the brand is going mm -hmm. in a technical and mm -hmm. in a production mm -hmm. and in an aesthetic sense and the actual watch. But it's all very well being able to produce a watch. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to get it into the hands of the people that want to buy the watch. Yes. So where is Bell & Ross developing its relationships in terms of retail and how it's getting mm. its name out there and the watch is actually into the hands of consumers? Key question. I think a luxury brand is a combination also between four expertise. I mean, four part of the job. Product is key, magic of the product the image, how you're going to speak about the product, how you're going to explain the product, distribution, distribution, how you're going to see in the store or in or online, how you're going to discover and to be able to purchase the timepiece and servicing. And you need those four part of the job, those four uh, expertise to make a luxury brand and today when you have uh, what are the territories where we where we are developing the best where we have the four expertise when you have a good distribution okay uh, i believe that the multi-brand is key for the uh, for our industry even if of course we have our boutiques we have balandras boutiques monobrand boutiques uh, now we have more than 20 but <clears throat> but the multi-brand we have 600 point of sales in the world. And I think uh, in our, in our, for Bell & Ross, the multi-brand gives a very important experience to be able to compare different brands. Uh, this is what, for instance, in the salon, you have different brands and this makes the diversity and every respected brand has its own style. It means that you don't get confused between different brands. And when you go into a multi-brand store, it's the same for the end user. He can have on the, on the trail different watches and then he will, one day he will choose one watch and the other day he will choose a Bell and & Ross. And, and this is the beauty of the passion of, uh, of uh, watchmaking. And I think in terms of distribution, this is, this is key. And how are you seeing, what challenges are you seeing with distribution? And because distribution, mm. well, sorry, logistics is mm. twofold. Yeah. It is stuff coming in yes. that you can make yes. into things yes. and then 
product going out that you can Correct. retail. There are lots of challenges. I'm a logistics person yeah, myself. Yeah. There are lots of challenges yeah. in this field at the moment, especially in the watch industry. The challenge is to make that you align everything. Exciting product. If you don't have an exciting product, forget about it. After being able to produce it, being able to deliver it in other parts of the world, logistic, uh, and then to display it in the proper and to make that to go in the proper way up to the person who wants to discover and to buy it, to be distributed in a place where the salesperson is not just a sales guy. He loves, he understands, he understands what he's selling, he loves it, and he can transmit, he can explain, he can go into the smallest detail because he, because he enjoys the product. And then, then the end user is, is very happy because he will understand what he's buying and he will wear it proudly because, because it's, you know, I think the watch is um, is uh, element of culture. It means that it, um, it's, of course, about time, the, the, the capturing time, but it's also a cultural element when you see what is in the manufacturer and what is behind producing the watch. Uh, if you understand more precisely all the smallest details that have been doing, then you understand the price of the watch and then you 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 appreciate what you're wearing. Mm. Well, thank you very much for taking time out of what is no doubt a very busy schedule to speak to us. It would be remiss of me as a Scotsman not to say that I feel a particular affinity with Bell and Ross because I always think of it as somehow being Scottish because Bell and Ross are very Scottish yeah. surnames. Obviously, that's not the root of where they come I, to. I never thought about that. My wife in particular yes. is always like, are Bell, is that a Scottish brand? Because yeah. she thinks of that. I have family members. Yeah. Their yeah. surname was Bell. And uh, yeah. Ross is a very popular Scottish surname as well. So particularly pleased to be here. Particularly pleased to meet you. Yes, have a you. great show. I'm sure you will. Some beautiful watches on display and some beautiful new thank, product thank coming you. to market. Thank you so much thank for, for the beautiful us. interview. Thank, thank you. you. Goodbye. My pleasure. I do hope you enjoyed our box of delights this week. If you would like to contribute anything to the Spending Time channel, if you think you've got an idea or you think you've got someone you would like to interview or you think we should be interviewing you, then get in touch. Podcasts at ablogtowatch.com. Keep an eye out for all the audio-visual treats that a blog to watch have to offer from everything on the website at ablogtowatch.com to the various podcasts we have. We have the Superlative Podcast with Ariel that normally runs on a Monday. And on a Thursday, you have a blog to watch weekly with myself, David and Ariel. And keep an eye out on the Spending Time channel for anything that just happens to drop that might be of interest to you. Have a great rest of week. Speak to you again soon. Goodbye.